doing things a little different today. And so we're going to jump into our message series of Empowered. This is our third week. And this morning, I want to talk to you about exercising excellence. Exercising excellence. Last week, we talked about the gift of power and discovered that there are nine gifts that God distributes to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. How are you thankful for the power of the Holy Spirit? So we learned that there are nine gifts, and we to just help us with them or to categorize them a little bit, to help us memorize their function or get familiar with their function, we divided those gifts into three categories. There are three gifts that say something, three gifts that do something, and three gifts that say something. It's important to understand that it's God's heart that we would be in the know. Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant. Another translation says, I don't want you to be uninformed. I want you to have a revelation of what's inside of you. I, wanna ha- I want you to know what's in your toolbox. How many of you are thankful for what's in your toolbox? You see, it's God's heart that we would be in the know when it comes to spiritual gifts and that we would understand what's available to us Because when we do, and when we allow the gifts of the Holy Spirit to flow through us, how many of you know lives are changed, and the Bible says the church benefits from it? It says that the church is built up, or the church profits from from exercising the spiritual gift. We are built up and blessed by it. So we don't want to be ignorant of spiritual gifts, because it's... A benefit to everyone. But my question this morning is, and whenever you talk about this subject, there are a lot of concerns and, you know, there are a lot of maybe people that kind of sit back and say, hey, I don't know about that. But the question I want to ask you is, how do we exercise the gifts most effectively to others? You guys want me to grab? You good? All right. So we don't want to be ignorant of spiritual gifts, but how do we exercise the gifts most effectively to others? How do we exercise the gifts with excellence? Everybody say excellence. How do we avoid abuse of the gifts? How do we avoid extremes? And is there a better way to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit today? You see, the Apostle Paul knew that we were going to ask these questions So he addresses it in 1 Corinthians 12, 27 to 31. He addresses it in 1 Corinthians 13 and 1 Corinthians 14. Let's go there. 1 Corinthians 27 to 31. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually, all together but unique. How many of you thankful that you are unique? And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, variety of tongues. Then he goes on to list a bunch of rhetorical questions. He says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret He's saying this, do all these people, do, does everyone operate in these at the same time? Then he says in verse 31, but earnestly desire the spirit, the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent 
way. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 3. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but, that, but have not love, it profits me nothing. And then 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. You see, Paul asks several rhetorical questions because those reading the letter would obviously know the answer, and the answer is a resounding no. Everybody say no. You see, God's desire is to express himself in a variety of ways through a church's diversity in the spirit of unity, which we talked about last week, Why? To build up a healthy spiritual community. You see, if we all bring the same gift and we're all trying to be, you know, operate in the same office or the same functions when we gather, how many know that's not balanced and we can't become healthy and whole? You see, it's like the guy at the gym that just focuses on his upper body but ignores his lower body, right? We've all seen this guy in the gym, right? But this is many churches, right? This is many churches. It's for all focusing, hey, I want to be this. And if I was up here and I was saying, we all need to do this right here. We all need to be this right now. No, no, no. We want everybody functioning in their gifts so that we can become healthy and balanced. You see, we want to be a church that allows a variety of spiritual gifts to be exercised so that what is expressed is a reflection of who Jesus is. Therefore, Paul instructs us not to seek a particular gift, but the best gifts. Everybody say the best gift. The best gifts for the moment or situation we find ourselves in. Verse 31, I call it 31a. He says, but earnestly desire the best gifts. What are the best gifts? Listen, the best gifts are the ones that are needed. The best gifts, the most valuable gifts, are the gifts that are most serviceable to others in that moment. Not the gift that you prefer. Come on. Not the gift that you want to give. But the best gift, the Holy Spirit chooses to distribute through your, through your life in the moment, listen to this, for the person, right? For the person's benefit that you're ministering to or the gift that is needed in the situation or circumstance you find yourself in. When I was uh, 18, I've told you how I have got saved. I got saved towards the end of my senior year. And so uh, my friend Ron Nelson Uh, was turning 18, and he had his 18-year-old birthday party. And uh, you guys, I was zealous. I wanted all my friends to get saved. We've seen over 40 of our friends come to Christ, a friend of mine. We were just on fire for God. And I was invited to uh, Ron's birthday party, and uh, I had this just passion to see them saved. And 
So I just, I was wondering what to get him, and, you know, I went out to the bookstore, and I bought him a Bible as a gift. Now, somehow, it ended up, you know, he was opening up his gifts. He was getting T-shirts. He was getting things for our graduation trip to Hawaii, and there was a lot of festivity, and some way, somehow, my gift, now, none of my friends are saved except me. My gift ends up being the last one he opens up. So there's like this anticipation. You guys ever been there? Like every gift gets better as you open it, right? And so, you know, he's getting lotto and all these different things that 18-year-old could have at that time. And he picks up my gift, and I'm like, I realize exactly what I've done in that moment. And he begins to peel off the paper, and he opens it up. And everybody's going, what is it? What is it? And it's like, it's a holy Bible. Let me just tell you, it was a want-want moment. <laughs> the life was sucked out of the room, and I killed the celebration. You see, I didn't give my friend Ron a gift. I was trying to force something I thought he should have. Hello. And though my motives may have been pure, there probably was a better gift to give him other than a Bible at that moment. When it came to spiritual gifts, Paul was saying the same things to the church of Corinth. In verse 31b, the latter half of that verse, it says, And yet I show you a more excellent way. Listen, I don't care if you've experienced gifts in a negative. I don't care if you've experienced abuse. Listen, Paul says he wants to encourage us. Listen, don't neglect the gifts of God that is in you. There is a more excellent way. You see, we learned a couple of weeks ago that Aquila and Priscilla pulled Apollos aside to teach him a more accurate way. We later find out that Apollos goes to the church of Corinth. And now here is Paul following Apollos as well. And he is even saying, hey, hold on a minute, church. He's saying, let me teach you a more excellent way to exercise the gift of God that is in you. Let me show you how to steward the gifts of the Holy Spirit so you don't think that everybody that operates in them is a weirdo. Paul says earnestly, desire the best gifts, but let me show you the most excellent way to experience those gifts. We'll stop there. We stop there a lot of times, but we have to understand there were no chapters in the original manuscripts. And so you have to go to the next chapter to understand the most excellent way. Let's look at that, 1 Corinthians 1 to 3. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become what? How many know a believer like that? Hey, I got a word for you. Sometimes, listen, we're more caught up in impressing people with our gift. And what ends up happening is people experience a gong. He says, I become a sounding brass or clanging cymbal. 
And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and knowledge, though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, what? Come on, how many know folks that they can move mountains, they got faith, but they could also run over folks? And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, now he's getting practical, right? Here we are at St. Paul's doing everything that we can, but yet even, even in practical acts of service, he says, listen, if you're not motivated by love, it matters there too, right? It's a gong. I'm going to just put it right here. <laughs> Keep it handy. You see, the most excellent way to operate in the gifts is to exercise them in Christ's love. Without love, people don't receive the gifts with, gra- with the grace God intended them to be stri- distributed with. In fact, you might hear about the spiritual gifts as the grace gifts. The grace gifts. Without love, people don't receive the gifts with the grace God intended them to be distributed with, and that transcends anything we do, but especially the spiritual gifts. And here's my point. If you don't get anything else out of the message today, here is what I want to communicate with my heart as your pastor. If the Holy Spirit is the distributor of the gifts, the love of God must be the motivator of the gifts. You see, the word Paul uses for love is that word agape. Agape love. I remember the first time I learned about agape. It transformed my life. Agape agape love, listen, is defined as choosing for the highest good of the object of your love. So when I'm functioning and operating in spiritual gifts, listen, I'm not trying to impress you with the gift, I, the motivation is I want you to be impacted by the love of Jesus Christ. You see, I'm not exercising my gifts to impress you. I'm not exercising my gifts so you can know that I'm super spiritual. Hallelujah. I'm exercising what God's distributed to me through the Holy Spirit from a place motivated by the love that God has for you. You see, you're not getting my best gift, right? You're not getting my best. You're getting God's best. God's best. That's what he desires. And listen, that's why we have to see the activity of the Holy Spirit among us. That's why we have to see these gifts released in greater measure. Why? Because God wants his very best for you. And listen, we can't get there all the time in the natural gifts in the leadership gifts, in all the different gifts there is, sometimes it takes a supernatural grace to get a breakthrough. Sometimes it takes a supernatural grace to get you beyond that hiccup, to get you beyond your setback. We don't, listen, we don't have to shrink back from the spiritual gifts. It's my desire that a people, our people, Real life church would experience the gift of God in you, not the gong of a gift empty of love. Imagine 
the nine spiritual gifts. Imagine them with me. Wrapped in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Imagine them wrapped in kindness. Imagine them wrapped in humility. Imagine them wrapped in gentleness. It's in this way that the spiritual gifts would actually be presented in such a way that they are irresistible, not gifts that make you irritable. You see, we have so many Pentecostal and charismatic believers that are irritable when it comes to the topic of spiritual gifts because of past experiences or things they hear that aren't true. Hello. And so we just settle on being grumpy about the gifts and we believe in them, but we never operate in them. We say we believe in the fullness and the, uh, of the gospel and the revelation of the scriptures. But when we get to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, 14, and so on, we just kind of skip over that. I want to apologize. I want to apologize. If you've ever experienced the gifts in an abrasive, abrasive insensitive way, I want to say I'm sorry on behalf of the person, the pastor, the minister, the parking lot prophet, whoever it is, that was more interested in the gift rather than the grace and love that should have been behind it. You see, when you experience spiritual gifts, they should inspire you in such a way that it causes you and others to believe all things, hope all things, and endure all things. As you know, I was on staff at New Life Community Church, Pastor Mark Tucker up the road there in Fair Oaks. Love that church. Spent a lot of time investing my life into that. And when I had got there, it was to a point, again, another Assembly of God church, a Pentecostal church that said that they believed in this. But when I got there, you could tell some, they had kind of, they weren't leaning into those things. We were kind of just going, the pendulum had swung to the, to the other side, you wouldn't have known that we believed in those things. And I began to, it, it, it kind of got my curiosity, and after a while, I, I had asked the question, hey, I know that, and, and it even come down to sometimes that our staff meetings would turn, they, they'd start making fun of folks that were coming and giving the word of the Lord and different things like that. And now you know that's not a good place to be. <clears throat> and so I asked the question, I said, What happened to this church before I got here that caused us to go from believing in the gifts to leaning away from the gifts? And they explained to me that there was a minister that someone kind of, they got on the fly, that someone called them and said, hey, I got this guy. How do you know that's not a good idea? (laughs) And they brought him in and and they they said it was the worst thing ever and from that point on they just stayed away from anything regarding spiritual gifts over time as i i I came in just kind of i came in actually as the uh the communications director i wasn't even a pastor i came in as the communications director eventually came the executive pastor and i began to bring in 
folks that were mature in the gift. How many know maturity is important? And what happened is what we began to see that the, the health of the spiritual gifts began to be cultivated in the body and in the church. And now, if you go to New Life, somebody actually just came to me a couple of months ago and said, hey, man, I know this church. They open up the altars. They're worshiping. They're leaning into the things of the Spirit. And they began to describe. I said, is that New Life Community Church? They said, how'd you know? Why? Because we cultivated the activity of the Holy Spirit and we pastored it well. Paul assures the Corinthians, love is the most excellent way when exercising the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 4-7, to love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. It's not provoked. It thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. And here's the key. Verse 7, this is what spiritual gifts release. That bears all things, it believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Why? Because the gifts are flowing from a place of faith, hope, and love. Jump down to verse 13 in chapter 13. It says, and now abide. It's interesting. Now abide. Abide. Everybody say abide. Abide. Now abide. Faith, hope, love. These three, but these, but the greatest of these is love. The word abide means to remain, not to depart from, but to continue to be present, to be held to or kept with, to remain as one. You see, it's in this place that Paul answers the questions I proposed in the very beginning. How do we exercise the gifts most effectively to others? How do we exercise the gifts with excellence? How do we avoid abuse of the gifts? How do we avoid extremes? And is there a better way to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit today? Paul gives us the answer. He says spiritual gifts must abide, remain, not depart from faith, hope, and love. In other words, listen, if the gift of God is being stirred up on the inside of me, I mean, that's a good thing, right? And I, listen, I feel led, right? I feel led by the Spirit, right? Prompted by the Spirit to operate in a gift. Listen, you're not just getting the gift. You're getting a gift that abides in faith, hope, or hope faith, love, right? And so when you get the gift, sweetheart, listen, you're not just getting a gift. How you know just the gift is empty? But when it is in the setting, when it is abiding in faith, hope, and love, it's life-changing. It's life-transforming. That's exactly what happened here on Wednesday night. Deborah began, listen, she began to walk the aisle. She had words for a few people. And if you were here, listen, if you were here, you could have sensed the love of God descending in this place. I wish I had testimonies lined up, and at some point, we will. But you could go around and ask each and every person what they sensed. I bet you it was all three of these things. Love. When she began to give a word, tears began to pour down. People began to nod their heads. How many of you ever nodded your head because somebody's mail's being read, right? 
You're like, I know that's true, right? But listen, it was powerful. Why? Because spiritual gifts release faith. Faith where you believe all things. When gifts are up, when they're operating with health, when they're operating in safety, listen, they cause you to believe, oh, nothing is impossible for him. They give you hope. Listen, maybe you're going through a difficult time. A lot of times when I get prophetic words, I'm in a valley. I'm in a pit. But listen, when someone comes and prophesies over me, I have hope in Christ that he is going to pull me over the other side. And then sometimes it's just about his love. That nobody can know that except him. And that's what happened here on Wednesday night, prophesying over the Kenworthies. And she said, I see some, if you know, uh, if you know he's a bricklayer, right? She said, I see some kind of mud. Everybody's like, oh, God really loves him. <laughs> Just, it was like a bullseye. Why? Why? I believe it's because they wanted to know the Kenworthies were loved by him, that he sees them. And church, he sees you. He knows you. He knows everything about you. And listen, he wants to use us in supernatural ways through the power of the Holy Spirit to edify, encourage, and build up one another. We don't have to shrink back from it. We can step into it. Spencer, if you could come, we're going to wrap up. Paul is saying when you encounter a spiritual gift, it should bring a release of faith, hope, and love to you. See, you can't separate the gift from faith, hope, and love, or you get a gong. And this is exactly what happened on Wednesday. I want to encourage you to come out this Wednesday if you can. You might be saying, Pastor, all these things you're saying, can't we just major in love? Can't we just major in love and just forget about the spiritual gifts? We'll just leave it up to those folks that abuse them and carry us away in extremes. And, and I'm saying, heck no. No way. I'm not going to let folks that don't know how to exercise the gifts in excellence dictate to me whether or not I'm going to operate and use them. And like I said, half the time, half the time, you don't even know when I'm... Listen, I don't, I don't show off the... I don't show up every day to work like this. Hey, staff. I got a gift. I've got the gift of wisdom. I've got a word of knowledge. Oh, I got a prophetic word rising up in me. That's not it. Half the time that I operate in spiritual gifts, nobody even knows. But I know. And you know. And sit, listen, you don't have to come up to somebody and say, I got a word for you, brother. I got a word for you, sister. You can just simply come up to somebody and say, sister. I just wanted to encourage you. How many know that takes the weirdness out of it? Right? That way people aren't blaming the Holy Spirit for how you deliver, distribute the gifts, right? 
You say, Pastor Dean, why can't we just major on love then? And that's, that's a lot of, that's, that's the trend in the church. Let's just major on love and, you know, let's, let's distance ourselves away from all of that. You see, churches like Gateway in Texas, Robert Morris, people are super impressed with that. But if you go to that church, one thing you will encounter is that they operate, they operate with health in the spiritual gifts. Their elders are trained. When you come up to this altar, just like ours, they're trained to operate in the spiritual gifts to let them flow. But there's safety. There's health. 1 Corinthians 14, 1, and I close with this. Why not shrink back and just focus on love? Because you have to go to the next chapter, 1 Corinthians 14, chapter 1. Verse 1 says, pursue love. Pursue love. That word pursue means to run after it. He says, run after the gift. He says, run after it. And then he says, and desire spiritual gifts. So in essence, Paul is saying, run after it and burn for the gifts. He says, listen, take love with you and burn for the spiritual gifts. Why? Because I want you to prophesy. I want you to build up and encourage my church. I want you to run after it. I want you to be zealous and burn for the spiritual gifts because I long for my body to be built up. Will you just lift your hands with me this morning? You see, God wants to use you to encourage his people, to build up his people to strengthen his people and to release faith to his people, to give hope to his people and to manifest love to his people. And if you want to be used in a greater way, I just want you to stand to your feet with your hands lifted. And I just want you to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you for a moment. Just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you in this moment. And just lift your voice. Listen and let your desires... Be known to God this morning. God, that we're longing for more. God, we're not going to shrink back. But Lord, we're going to run after the gifts with love in our heart, with hope in our heart, with faith in our heart. So God, that we can walk in the miracle dimension that you are calling us to. God, that people that have been stuck for years in the same spot would be broken loose by the power of the Holy Spirit. God, that your anointing would break addiction because we got a word of knowledge, God, or a word of wisdom. God, that supernaturally, God, we'd be able to discern the things that you want us to know that we would never know in the natural. God, I ask you to stir up your body today. God, beyond my preaching, beyond, God, what I can do, I pray that you would stir us up that you would stir us up, God, that you would stir us up, stir us up, stir us up. Will you just say, Jesus, stir up the gift of the Holy Spirit that resides in me. Activate all nine of the spiritual gifts in my life that people may experience faith, hope, and love 
that you want them to experience. In Jesus' name. I feel led this morning. If you're here, maybe you walked in. And today, listen, you came. Maybe you haven't been to church in a while. Maybe, you know, you've distanced yourself away from God. Maybe you got wounded or hurt. I don't know your situation. But I know this, that love, that God's love is waiting and pursuing you this morning. If that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you need Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, would you just say, Pastor Dean, I need to get right with God. I came to church this morning, and I need a miracle in my life. Is that anyone this morning? You'd lift your hand just so I could see it, and you'd go, yes, 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 yes. Anybody else? Yes, yes. Hands all over. Yes, 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 yes. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is moving in this place. Some of you have been wondering, I wonder when he's going to do an altar call. I'm waiting on the Holy Spirit to lead me to do altar calls. And I want us to pray. I want us to pray together that these folks that raise their hands, we're going to pray a prayer in unison, but they'd receive Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. A prayer maybe of rededication. Maybe you're praying it for the first time, but let's pray. Let's say this. Dear Jesus, we come to you today with everything that we have, everything that we are, just as I am, and I lay my life down at the foot of the cross. Jesus, I come to you and I empty myself of everything so that I could have everything that you have for me. Today, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. I put my trust in you. I put my hope in you. And today, I rest in you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. And thank you for making today a new day. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give those folks a congratulations and celebration? Listen, I know I'm going long. My clock is gone, but... We want to do one more thing. You may, you may be seated, and I'm going to ask Pastor Andrew and Camille uh, to come up with their boys. And uh, today is the day, yes, uh, where we come and we're going to be sending them to Emmanuel in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. How many are you thankful for? Pastor Mason and Camille. I just wanted to, uh, I might get emotional on this one. Andrew and I have been friends for a while. We uh, did a lot of small group stuff together. And, uh, I was really looking forward to working with him, and, but I knew the call of God on his life too. And how many know you got to weigh both? And um, as I told you, before anything gets to the pulpit, there's a lot of conversation, a lot of prayer, and a lot of rides in the car and just talking things through. And when this uh, opportunity came to him, 
a few months ago. I think we both knew, but we were kind of in denial. <laughs> but uh, uh, Pastor Andrew, I am just uh, extremely blessed to call you a friend. And uh, thank you for your 